So disturbing. I knew it. So you called it. Who you called it. it. You called it. Who, who made it? Oh, I did. Not yet. That's what should be great. Is it? But you will be unless you come with us. It's gonna be a vengeance. Whoa! What? Oh, Loki! <laughs> Is that a freaking <laughs> alligator, Loki? <laughs> Of course, Yo, I love this show. Ridiculous! <laughs> he looks so ridiculous. It's classic Loki oh all the way. Oh my god! Oh my god! Welcome back to New Rockstars. Loki episode four confirmed our theories about the timekeepers just being puppets controlled by someone else. It pruned off Mobius and Loki just to reveal life after pruning, and suggested the most dangerous Nexus events are apparently formed by loving yourself too hard. And if that is the case, I created two and a half Nexus events during this episode. But wait a, a damn, damn minute! minute. <laughs> This is Inside Marvel. It's New Rockstar's Loki After Show. I'm Eric Voss. My Easter egg breakdown of the episode is coming tomorrow, but here with me to discuss this episode is MT. Hey, MT. Dude, what a doozy of an episode. Like, I know. Holy I mean, like, I heard that they were saying that episode four was going to be crazy, but, like, I didn't right. know it was going to be like this. And, oh, my no. God, it's so good to see Sif. It's so good to see It Sif. was so good to see <laughs> Sif. <laughs> And Jamie Alexander was just here for it. She's like, you're giving me, what, six lines that I'm just going to say on loop? Whatever. I'm going to own like, this. I can do that. Easy. Easy paycheck. <laughs> I mean, so much to love about this episode. And, oh, by the way, MT, just a huge thank you to you and Jess Clemens last week for having oh. me covered. It was nice to just get some R&R &R that I desperately needed. And uh, you guys did a great job. I oh, loved your episode. Thank you. It was so good, like, doing an Inside Marvel with Jess. And, like, of course, we missed yeah, she's you. She's amazing. It's weird ha having oh, Inside Marvel you. without you. So, like it's good to have you back but i love it, it was weird not to be with you on wednesday i'll say that um but um let's dive into this episode this insane episode yes so uh we learned that sylvie was captured by the tva as a young girl for no apparent reason other than she was born the goddess of mischief and then mm. fangirled over valkyrie i actually think that might have been the reason she was just going to be a hero they didn't someone targeted loki's and, and she was trying to uh, you know, kill off his enemies or or get his enemies captured. We'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. Mm -hmm. um, but then back in Lamentis, we see some sparks forming between her and Loki in their dying moments. And then that endless love erected a raging branch that alerts the TVA <laughs> to where they are. Uh, so they get arrested. Loki gets thrown in a time cell on loop with Lady Sif beating mm -hmm. them up again and again and again. <laughs> Definitely making up for absence in Ragnarok. And then Renslayer has poor C20 pruned, um, mm. mainly because she has been awakened to the truth. She knew too much. Cold. She had to go. <laughs> so cold. Uh, but Mobius and B15 see the light of this, um, which ends with poor Mobius getting pruned. Oh, uh, it was so sad. It was such oh a powerful scene. Wow. Oh, so sad. But... <laughs> He's probably coming back, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, the timekeepers are revealed, these 
goofy, you know, Bill and Ted Time Lords <laughs> floating in these chairs. Uh, but when B-15 helps Loki and Sylvie, it leads to Sylvie decapitating one of these timekeepers, revealing that they are mindless androids. And then right in this moment, Renslayer prunes Loki in the back, and mm. Sylvie demands Renslayer to tell her everything, and Loki wakes up in the ruins of New York, finding Richard E. Grant as, as is listed in the credits, classic Loki, <laughs> along with another dude who's listed as boastful Loki, Kid Loki and uh, Loki Gator? Gator Loki? Lo- Loki. I th- Al-, Al-, Al Loki Gator. I don't Al know. Al Loki Gator. <laughs> I mean, all you know, this is in Florida what happens when a kid in a Loki costume wanders too close to a retention pond by Disney World. <laughs> just, that's that's the origin story right there. <laughs> you see this every day. Um, so the question posed at the end of this episode is what we're going to be talking about. Who really created the TVA? But we're mm. also going to be talking about that crazy post credit scene. All your questions that you had after this episode. I'm sure there were many. Oh, yes. But uh, first, if you'd like to support the work we do here at New Rockstars and also make someone in your life really happy, head on over to NewRockstarsMerch.com and buy a gift for that nerd in your life. A gift that they'll love. We have an entire Loki collection. Uh, augmented reality Loki shirts, Miss Minute stickers and clocks. But I'm mm-hmm. wearing our awesome latest obsession shirt loki out of time mt nice. has another uh, tva shirt that looks great. Swag. yeah i love that oh man um, I feel good. but when you get this uh loki out of time shirt it comes in a couple different color varieties when you get it you'll unlock the ability to write in an additional custom shout out that will appear at the bottom of the screen in these episodes so just to read a few who do we got here we got demarco who says mm. calling it now loki is amelia Earhart. <laughs> um, hey maybe we got two episodes left uh, hey, maybe Amelia Earhart was a Loki variant the entire time. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> oh, Jeff says Mobius and Mobius equals he who remains. Hey, mm. that's an interesting idea. That um, would be an interesting theory. I don't know after this episode yeah, if that After is this true. episode, ex- agreed, uh, MT. Yeah, I think they'd have to be, they got some more explaining to do if that's the case. But yes. it's a possibility. Uh, and then Passua says, Wolf, you are the only one I want to reset time with. Love, Bear. Oh, I don't know what that means, but that's super sweet. (laughs) (laughs) I hope it's not Love, Comma, Bear. I hope it's just from Love, Bear. Um, (laughs) Love, Bear. That's just a cute name. I hope it's Love, Bear, too. Hey, this is why you got to get some merch at NewRxxMerch.com to show that Love, Bear out there that you love them. It's yeah. the perfect way to propose. I'm just kidding. No, don't do that. <laughs> no, I think it is. <laughs> hey, hey do it if you want. Come on. I, take my, yeah. I, change, I change my mind. Propose me <laughs> a new Rockstar shirt. It's the best way to do it. So, MT, what, let's talk. What's our first way to damn minute here? That's a good question. Our first way to damn minute of the day is, wait a damn minute. If the timekeepers are androids, who really created the TVA? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so as we've been suspecting uh, since, I think, the first episode of the show, even before the first episode, (laughs) while the timekeepers themselves do exist in some physical form, Mm -hmm. they themselves are not real deities, but they're just kind of phony machinery created by someone else. We're really, indeed, looking at a Wizard of Oz man-behind-the-curtain scenario, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is exciting to see. Even though it's a theory that we had, it's like the way it's presented with the thing getting decapitated, rolls off, sparks fall out. I kind of love that. It was still satisfying. Even though, like, yeah. yes, you called it. I was like, oh, shit. As soon as they started talking, I'm like, that's some Chuck E. Cheese shit. Eric was right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, 
So what does this mean? Well, right off the bat, I think we can assume everything Miss Minutes told us about the sacred timeline, uh, about next events and variants, the past multiversal war. It was all most likely bullshit, right? Mm -hmm. um, whatever that it, TVA propaganda department was, the narrative commission. Yeah, it was all kind of uh, concocted. Now, there may still be a sacred timeline from which branches form, like as mm -hmm. the Ancient One explained in Endgame. She did say like one timeline there. I don't know if it is considered the sacred timeline. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was not created by these timekeepers. Uh, there may not have been a past multiversal war that was brought to peace by them. And I think uh, Sylvie and other variants probably were not targeted because they create Nexus events. But in Sylvie's case, because she was like maybe a hero who identified with Valkyrie, like all Lokis may have been targeted because they presented obstacles and were enemies to whoever truly created the TVA. And that's what, it's It's just kind of a random kill list of people who get in that person's way of what their objectives are. Yeah, and it kind of reminds you of Wanted, you know, like, I don't know if remember it does. the movie I was just Wanted. about to say yeah. Wanted, the weavers, the weird weavers, they're like, it's just in the weave, it's in the tapestry, we can't do anything about this. It's Morgan yeah. Freeman the entire time, he's behind this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, when we're talking about who created the TVA in the comics, the timekeepers were constructed by someone named He Who Remains. We've talked about this before, but just to remind you, uh, that is the old, old final TVA agent at the end of all time who's in his weird little laboratory, and he creates these things to help the next universal cycle learn the lessons from the past, also to store weird coronal energy that they use for their retirement funds. It's crazy. It's weird. Uh, but I love it. Uh, now, in the comics, I don't believe they're like, you know, sparks, machines, gears you know they're kind of just like organic created things yeah. that do kind of have power you know they do kind of rise to this almost deity status but they were created by someone who was like lower than that it seems yes this series may reveal a character named T who remains we have two episodes left mm -hmm. um, previously we had theories that Richard E. Grant might have been playing that character but now we see Richard E. Grant is playing this guy named Classic Loki so I guess mm -hmm. that's not the case we'll talk about whoever that is later but uh, despite the TVA being built on lies uh, with the workforce of memory-wiped variants, it's still a very powerful institution that can transcend time, detain powerful beings whose magic is neutralized inside those boundaries. Mm -hmm. So someone gave the institution that power to begin with. Um, so when we're talking about who would have the ability and the interest to manufacture this time variance authority, this bureaucracy, uh, to preserve the flow of time in this specific way, um, who would fear Loki variants so much mm. in order to do that this way? That's a good question. I, let's I, let's look at a couple different options. Option A may we may very well meet he who remains. Um, I don't know if they'll call this person that, but in this case of the show, he who remains could be someone we've already met, maybe like Ravona Renslayer or a mm. different Mobius or even Casey. Poor old Casey sitting in front of us. The true master mind, Casey. He who remains, just like his mind wiped, but he created them in a past life. Um, maybe because we know the TVA was fully operational when Renslayer was still a hunter. So I don't mm -hmm. know if she would be he who remains, but she is kind of the handler, the caretaker of the timekeepers, knows their true nature, you know? Yeah. Um, but but I think the idea of this option would be maybe there's just some spineless TVA agent from a past universal cycle who is obsessed with maintaining order and they created it this way and, and all the clockwork was created by them. It's not a huge deal who they are. That would be that option. Yeah, I do, I do like that last option there because like, it, it, like I feel like the TVA 
seems like an institution that has been there. Because like you said, they have authority. Someone gave them mm-hmm. that authority. Like they, they, You're not going to just wake up and be like, I'm just going to rule over time and space because I just have that. No, like either right. like, I don't know if it's like the living, like someone gave them that authority. So like he who remains is- Were a, you about to say the living tribunal? Yes. I, I was, love that idea. <laughs> I do. Uh, maybe the living tribunal yeah. because like he is sort of in charge of the multiverse. He's the multiverse right. man. So he has mm-hmm. the final say. So like maybe- the ultimate judge. Something happened where like there was a TVA and then like they got corrupted by the time twisters maybe who knows um but yeah I, no that's a cool theory <laughs> um let's look at another option though um maybe it was some other past variant loki who created the tva mm. and the timekeepers like there could be some alpha loki who views all other lokis as a threat and targets loki specifically and that's why oh if you're a loki you're going in the brig you know that tends to be a lot of theories that i think are appearing online that you know x equals loki that renslayer equals loki that <laughs> mobius equals Loki. you know um it's very, very possible. Um, so far, I, I think it might go in another direction based off of what we've seen rather than just like everyone equals Loki just because they did that in episode two that the, this other, or episode one really, that the variant they're seeking is Loki. Uh, if like everyone equals Loki, it, it starts to just feel like that amazing short story, The Egg, uh, that I love where everything is everything <laughs> by the end of it. Uh, I don't We're know if Loki. most... I think viewers, some viewers might be like, huh? You know? Um, I don't know. We would be excited, though. It would be really cool if everybody in the TVA was Loki, but yeah, I don't think that they're going that route. Because yeah. I feel like it would make the Loki less special? I don't know. Right. Uh, a little bit, yeah. Um, and we already did that once with Sylvie saying this not about you, and I think it worked fine then. Um, yeah. But to keep doing it, it would reduce her impact. You know, it would reduce everyone's impact. You know, dilute it a bit, as we would say. Um, now, the... Th- Option C is that perhaps like no one really created the the TVA or the timekeepers. Like it could just be like a self-perpetuating clock that's decentralized, that's just always kind of been there, and it's just moving forward under the orders of some uh, automated timekeepers or Miss Minutes. They're just representative of the automation that runs this place. Maybe just some divine cosmic force at the beginning of time created this, but it's not that important. There's not a man behind the curtains in this version. Mm-hmm. That I think that'd be really interesting. Have you ever heard of something called, you're a time travel man, so you definitely probably yeah. have, the bootstrap paradox? No, explain that to me. Okay. I'm so this... excited to have something I don't know. <laughs> This is I, this is from a Doctor Who episode, so like I'm not super smart. Oh, got it. Okay. Uh, so, um, but it, I think it's a real paradox. So, it, it basically, it's like a time traveler goes back in time and he wants to meet Beethoven, but Beethoven doesn't exist. But he has all of Beethoven's like symphonies, so he becomes Beethoven. So, like, mm. like did Beethoven ever exist, or like because oh, he was Beethoven? That. So, like, the TVA yeah. could be like I don't know, like this weird time loop. Like, who created the TVA? Who knows? But like someone, I don't know, went back and, like, I don't know, maybe it's, like, this weird time loop type thing. I'm sure. explaining the bootstrap paradox terribly, but, like, um, no, no, I probably think, know what I get it. <laughs> no, that makes a lot of sense, MT. It is kind of, like, a predestined, like, your destiny yeah. is to go back in time and become Beethoven. It's, it's almost like the very act of introducing the possibility of time travel in a universe um, through destiny creates these weird bureaucracies where someone in the future will have gone back to do this, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's just dropping in or opening that can of worms. Uh, just that simple act. The moment that happens, all these weird things spring up just because time travel is possible. And theoretically anything could have been altered. Um, that's kind of the, uh, 
kind of the logic by which the fourth option that I think you guys all know where we're going here uh, exists in the Marvel comics. Because I think at the end of the day, MT, someone was puppeting the timekeepers in that moment because notice when Sylvie cut off the head of the middle one, the other two laughed. <laughs> It was it's very kind of like creepy. Evil maniacal. It was like, like ah, 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 you petty fool. Yeah. And they're moving um, around like robots. He was like, ah, 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 right. ah, ah. Robot laughter. Ha, ha, ha. One of our friends is dead. Uh, so that brings us to option D. Uh, and I think some other self-interested powerful being with fascist goals but doesn't want his face to be shown could have created this hypocritical legal bureaucracy to enforce his exact vision of how he needs time to flow so it doesn't present him any obstacles and who is more of an obstacle than Loki. So you want to prune as many Lokis as you can because that, you know, demigod is going to get in the middle of your plans. And if we're looking at the comics, that top suspect is Kang Kang the Kang Kang! Kang Kang! Uh, <laughs> the guy we've been talking about since, you know, uh, <laughs> as soon as we knew the show was happening, we're like, Kang? Uh, <laughs> Where are you, Kang? I know you're coming, yeah. Kang. We know he's coming. <laughs> now, um, Kang, of course, is the ultimate time travel villain of the Marvel comics. He's mm. up, the upcoming villain of Ant-Man, the Wasp Quantumania, going to be played by Jonathan Majors. Now, Majors, I believe, has denied appearing in Loki. Maybe he's telling the truth. Maybe he's lying. Mm -hmm. Who knows? But <laughs> depending on how the MCU frames Kang's power set, Kang would potentially have the power to set up an institution that can transcend time in a very limited range of options that he wants. Uh, he is kind of like a time god, you know? Yeah. Um, I have in recent weeks held back on Kang <laughs> just because, you know, I don't want to repeat of Mephisto. But... <laughs> I think right now, making Ravonna Renslayer such a prominent character in the series is a huge tell because mm. they could have chosen any other TVA judge from the comics. The TVA has a ton of judges. It's true. They could have made up a judge, but they named her Ravonna Renslayer. They they picked that character for a reason, and I think that reason is because she is Kang's love interest. She has this connection to Kang. And in this episode, we, we start to see a lot more about Renslayer. We learn that she used to be a hunter. Uh, we really see how she is personally invested in keeping the timekeeper's secret. She she friend-zoned Mobius so hard, uh, and <laughs> she was able to ascend to judge status despite losing her variant in the middle of a trial. Mm. I mean, she's got to be in, she's got to be benefiting from some kind of special treatment from whomever is running the TVA. Yeah, right? it's just it's really weird. And like in the preview for this episode, they did um, emphasize that pen that she, they talked about in episode one. Was it um, the, yeah. the high school pen? And so I'm just mm -hmm. wondering if, like, that there's a connection there between, like, I don't know, Kang and this high school where, like, maybe Ravona is living, like, a secret side life. Or maybe she's living a side mm -hmm. life with Kang. Like, I don't know. But, mm -hmm. like, because, like, they're in charge of the timeline. They're in charge of all these people's lives. So they might want to live an actual life themselves. Because why would they have to yeah. be, you know, these bureaucratic people when they're in charge? So, like, I'm going to go and live a real life. And, like, me and, and Kang are going to have a kid in high school and whatever. So that's my weird, like, I don't know, half theory going on there. But, yes. I no. think he pointed out uh, <laughs> an important clue there, MT, because the way Renslayer collects these different relics from these different mm. prune timelines felt kind of creepy this episode for sure. Yes. And it is similar to the way Kang builds up Chronopolis. He, it is kind of like his retirement pleasure kingdom that is made up. It's like kind of a, a collage of different relics That's of different architecture from uh, different timelines that he has conquered. Mm. Uh, and it's like his glorified trophy room. And you see 
Renslayer doing it on this smaller scale. Mm. Like, you can imagine the two of them, he is, like, using her to maintain order within the TVA so that no one rebels, maybe. Uh, whereas, like, promising her this kind of, like, mm. is, you know, promising her the world, the moon, essentially. Just, like, let's just get the timeline exactly as I need it. We'll use this bureaucracy. Everyone will just trust it inherently because it <laughs> feels like a legal, you know, authority. Mm -hmm. uh, and then as soon as it's done, we're done, baby. We're done. You and I. Hey, and I. Maybe yo. she feels like kind of like, uh, you know, Stockholm Syndrome, too. Maybe she's like terrified of him. Maybe. Like, okay, I'll keep your secret. Because Stockholm Syndrome is real. Like, it's so, it's the weirdest yeah. thing, but it's for real. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just, you know, I'm trying to look at this logically at this point. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, when we were watching WandaVision, Mephisto, there were a lot of signs pointing to Mephisto. I think that's what a lot of people miss when they make fun of me for like going so hard on Mephisto. Is mm -hmm. like, if you're actually watching the show... It wasn't just like a couple mentions of the word devil. It was just like the the fact that they brought in Agatha Harkness specifically as a witch, and then we end in her witch dungeon, and she mm -hmm. has the dark hold. These are all kind of like kind of a check uh, list of specific things that you're looking for if you're going to do a Mephisto story. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, by the end, you know, we had fewer and fewer episodes, and it's like, well, if Agatha is the big bad you know, then they're probably not going to have another big bad beyond her. Mm. Now we're at episode four and Loki, two episodes left. The people we thought were the big bad are not actual threats. So it leaves mm. this void of like, well, then who is? So we're kind of at this point now of, well, it's okay to kind of look out and see who would be the, the villain of the series. Uh, Loki, or a version of Loki could be that, but like, the post credit scene are like all these alternate Lokis. Mm -hmm. So how satisfying would it be to have like another evil Loki? It's like we already <laughs> met like var Loki variants. Every episode we meet a new Loki variant. This is true. But at the same time though, all of these Loki variants, I mean, as far as we can tell, they seem to be on the side of good, which is very un-Loki-like right. for the, you know, for the, for the Loki character in, in the Marvel Universe. So I feel like there could be a chance, though, of there being just one just truly evil Loki. It's like, all right, yeah, don't forget, Loki's still an evil character to some degree. So, mm -hmm. like, there has to be, like, that contrast Loki of, like, all right, we have T Hiddleston Loki. He used to be bad, but now he's good. But there still has to be some type of evil Loki because Loki, the character, still has to exist in that mischievous, you know, evil form. I don't know. Right, I, and I think that's that's a totally possible. Mm -hmm. uh, I I won't I won't negate that possibility at mm -hmm. all. And I I think one thing that this show is showing us is that uh, Loki's don't have to follow that archetypal role. They can be whatever they this want. Is true. And I think it's trying to. We've already seen evil Loki in the first Avengers film in mm -hmm. Thor. So it, it has been more interesting to see a broader range of morality on this show. So just to have go back to one who's just evil Loki, like, <laughs> I don't know for me if it would have the same impact. Maybe mm -hmm. they will. And maybe I'll love it, you know, episode six. Um, but I think you need to bring in someone else either, you know, maybe a Loki variant who's gone too far and then transformed his identity into someone like Kang. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to pin all our hopes to <laughs> Kang showing up in the show. I've learned... That, you know, uh, you might have that blow up in your face. But, like, realistically, you know, I was thinking it might be He Who Remains, but Richard E. Grant is playing a different character at this point. We don't have big bads currently. It just leaves a huge opening for Kang or someone like him to appear. So I'm thinking it's going to be Kang or it's going to be some original character. Uh, it's going to be Zarko the Tomorrow Man, the most evil <laughs> villain of all time. Sorry, it's not going to be Zarko. It's not Zarko, please. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's it does leave it completely open for any time-based villain to pop in and be the villain of the show. So like, and Kang is the most 
logical in the MCU right now. So like, yeah. it makes sense to bring up Kang. And honestly, it would be weird if we didn't consider Kang first because right, it's the most likely. <laughs> it, in, in many ways, it's the most likely. Yes. Um, so do we want to give odds to that? Like To Kang? Ooh, yeah, uh, how good do you feel that Kang will appear in this show? In this show, because... I'm Quant- terrified right now of doing okay, this. Be, I know, but like, it's fine. We Marvel scientists, bro. It's okay if we're wrong. <laughs> but no, I think that because Mania is so soon and because mm-hmm. Kang is a big focus and because of the name Mania, it's a very time-focused sure. name, I would say the odds are probably 60 I don't know. I don't know if that's... Yeah, I was going to say 60% too. Before this episode, MT, I probably would have put it at maybe 25%. Mm. Uh, just because, like, oh, in the show, the timekeepers may just be the villain. But now that the timekeepers are killed and Richard E. Grant is playing different a different character, I think, uh, I think it's more likely. It's more likely than not. I'll mm-hmm. say that. 60%. But I though, we do have to consider Richard E. Grant Loki because he is playing classic Loki. And that is that classic... Yes mischievous you know not good loki so like maybe he could just be like hey let's like let's all gang together loki's and do our thing and then like psych now i'm i backstabbed you all and now i'm the real bad guy haha <laughs> gotcha because it's richard yeah. e grant it's richard e grant he's a big name it's richard e grant he is a big name <laughs> i would just say it would be weird to reveal him in like a three shot as opposed to just him you know if mm. it were just him i'd say oh he's still the villain but the fact that we got kid loki we got loka gator we got boastful loki <laughs> it's and it seems like all those like junkyard dudes in the trailer footage are all going to be different you know, yeah, they Loki's. check Loki's in different ways. <laughs> so, like, he just seems like the the elder of that Loki cult who's like, this is where we live now. <laughs> we're all kings here. I hope they assemble all the Lokis and they all, like, march together like, we're not gonna take it. <laughs> <laughs> just march to the TVA. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We have so much we gotta talk about this episode. Um, so, before we get to that, here's some big news. The Manscaped engineering team has created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer and it is available in the USA and Canada. Thanks to Manscaped for sponsoring this episode, by the way. Join the over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer 25% off and free worldwide shipping with the code MARVEL at manscaped.com. The craftsmanship and details of the 4.0 are next level MT. Their advanced <laughs> ceramic blade and skin safe technology. So good. It's probably what the TVA has next to their bathroom sinks, though it won't erase you from the timeline if you make a mistake. That's what the skin safe technology is for. That was in the 3.0, uh, not the 4.0. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, the Lawnmower 4.0 has a travel lock, a 4,000 LED spotlight, and allows you to customize your trim with four guard lengths. The optimized Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is waterproof, so you can groom in the shower, and it's got wireless charging. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code MARVEL at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% <laughs> off and free shipping with the code MARVEL at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with the free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code MARVEL. Unlock your confidence. Use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. We also want to thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring this video. A lot of us are trying to eat better. Healthy breakfast doesn't have to be boring, though. Magic Spoon has the amazing flavors you love, but without the bad stuff. Magic Spoon is zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, only four net grams of carbs in each serving. There's only 140 calories a serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. Order yourself a variety pack that comes with four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter, and they get wild and mix up some cocoa and peanut butter flavors in the same bowl. It tastes like a peanut butter cup. Mm. So go to magicspoon.com slash marvel to grab a 
variety pack and try today. And be sure to use our promo code MARVEL at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash marvel and use the code MARVEL to save $5 off. Thank you to Magic Spoon for sponsoring this episode. And our friends at Blue Chew sponsor this episode. Thank you, Blue Chew. We have Time a unique- for a boner! Uh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Blue Chew has a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable format at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no doctor's office or pharmacy trips. It ships right to your door in a discreet package. You sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you receive your prescription within days. Their licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength. And Blue Chew is chewable, just like it says in the name, which is great for folks that don't like swallowing pills. So if you could benefit from some extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we got a special deal for our audience. Try Blue Chew free when you use the promo code Inside Marvel at checkout. Just pay $5 in shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code Inside Marvel to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this show. All right, MT, let's get back to this episode of Loki. Let's get it. So wait a damn minute. Where is Loki in this post-credit scene? And who are these other Lokis? That is a good question because in the credits they're listed as Kid Loki, Boastful Loki, Classic Loki, and Gator Loki. Hi everybody, I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast called Pi, People, Influences, and Experiences. Yes, it's sort of the uh, get to know ya at a deeper level, the who, what, when, where, and why you are rather than what it is you do. Absolutely, we're not gonna talk too much about what people do, we just wanna know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting if they have kids, what shapes their marriages if they're married. We just wanna be really nosy. We wanna get in there. A deep dive into nature and nurture. And we started it because there are a lot of people that we don't know that we are curious about. Right. And I have no friends, so for me it's, you know. Try like, to get them out of the house. Listen to it on whatever you listen to. <laughs> Podcasts on yeah, podcasts, your, 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 your podcasting apparatus. Watch it on the YouTube. He's aging himself. So yeah, I don't I, think he's credited as Gator Loki. That's just what we think. <laughs> I, that'd be great if he was credited as like Gator Loki. Yeah, yes. Gator Loki, and he's played by uh, uh, Al the Alligator. He's just he has his acting credits. He has an IMDb page. Everything. It's like the most yeah. famous Gator <laughs> in the world. Um, so, but they are they do seem to be around the ruins of New York, as we've seen in the trailer. Yeah. So we see the Avengers Tower behind them, and this this does seem to be. Uh, a, a timeline where maybe possibly the nuke went off at the end of Avengers 1. Ah, um, okay. Which is uh, very interesting to me. And I think that this could actually potentially be a timeline where maybe Phil Coulson lived. This is something that I've been thinking about over the past couple of, of, of oh. days. Because Phil Coulson's death is extremely important to the end of Avengers 1. Because if Phil Coulson doesn't die, the Avengers don't assemble in time, and then the nuke goes right. off and New mm -hmm. York explodes. So maybe this timeline uh, is where they're sending all of these Lokis this this like really shitty timeline it's like all right it's it's the worst who cares let's throw all our, all of our trash there so who knows uh that's just what I think where, where, where do you think they're at um I I think that's a really cool theory MT uh, I thought about that too that this could be like a an alternate version of the Battle of New York yeah, I'm just wondering right. if that uh Avengers Tower if it is Avengers Tower or Stark Tower at the mm. end of that movie like this could be sometime later I, in that sure. shot, at, we don't see how much of the A is blown off. Um, and I wonder, like, I don't know what how powerful of a nuke 
the U.S. government fired at New York in that scene. Mm. But I would imagine it would flatten more of the city. It wouldn't leave any of the structures standing that way. This looks this more like true. twisted and weird, more like mm. a choice to design it this way. Like, I wonder if, like, whoever is running the TVA, if it is Kang, if it is someone else, had this very specific uh, future New York that has been wrecked. Uh, mm. And it, it banishes all the Lokis that it prunes to this place to uh, just kind of keep him, them here in exile uh, and have them, like, fight over each other. Like, maybe New York was, like, fine at first, but then after, like, three or four Lokis get sent there, they all just keep fighting over it. <laughs> it's like uh, World War Loki. <laughs> right, right, right. And they're using different spells, and that's why you have this weird plane in the middle of the city. I mean, not just Central Park. Uh, it looks like certain areas have been flattened. Uh, and a shockwave has just disheveled certain buildings a certain way. Uh, but, like, I wonder if, like, there's a president Loki because, like, everyone here is a Loki. It's like the Citadel yeah. of Ricks, essentially. <laughs> but if the Citadel of Ricks was, like, a prison that they're mm. all kept in. That is so interesting. I wonder if everybody that's pruned goes into a timeline where it's all them. It's like a hell of them. Every version oh, yeah. of them. <laughs> That'd be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how horrible. Um, yeah, because I wonder if like when other people get pruned, I feel like they're sent back to whatever their home timeline is that they were taken from with their memories restored. Uh, mm. But when Loki gets pruned, I think Loki is a specific thorn in the paw mm. of Kang or someone like that, right? So like, like they're like just like, Kang you have to go recognizes <laughs> all Lokis as a threat. So I have to keep all the Lokis on this Elba, you know, mm. um, so that they can't come back and kill me because they're gonna. That's It's so interesting why they wouldn't just outright just kill all the Lokis. Like, why even yeah. just do this weird timeline thing? Like, why just like, all right, I'm just going to shoot you in the head. You're dead. You're not coming back. I, I thought that too, MT. <laughs> Maybe it's just like, for one, killing a Loki's really hard because he's a mm. badass. He's a demigod. It's not easy just to shoot. He'll just like reveal himself to be uh, a duplication cast, you know? <laughs> um, but secondly, maybe that was the plan at the beginning. Maybe Loki's were killed. Uh, mm. But then whoever, you know, we're calling him Kang, but whoever's <laughs> running the TVA recognized that like, Oh, there's it's like whack-a-mole. Mm. There's so many Lokis. There's infinite Lokis. And the only way to permanently guarantee is to just like keep pruning them off and keeping them alive in this place. Mm. But if you kill them off, they could get resurrected in some other form. You know, uh, his soul could go mm. uh, incarnate somewhere else. And then you have no idea where he is. So the point is, is you capture him and you put him in your fish tank. That is an excellent point. I'm glad you brought that up because now I'm thinking about like, what if there is a higher authority? Like, you know, not not like a king or anything, but like, you know, like a like I said before, like a the Living Tribunal or maybe Lord mm -hmm. Chaos and Master Order, um, mm. that are higher in charge than the, than the TVA. So like when, like you said, a Loki does get killed, like physically killed with like a bullet or something, they get reincarnated because like the chaos element that Sylvie brings up in this episode has to exist. Like it has yeah. to exist to make the multiverse function. So like, like you said, this is a great reason why we put the Lokis into another timeline. It's like, you're alive. Like you, we, we're not going to kill you, but like we mm -hmm. have to let the, we have to control the chaos because we want to be in charge. So that's an excellent that's point. Right. I like that you brought yeah. that up. Um, shifting gears a bit, MT. Mm -hmm. Wait a damn minute. Ooh. Mobius said TVA bride in Kree, Titans, and vampires. Yes. <laughs> Is this a blade setup? It's gotta be, bro. It's got to be, bro. <laughs> I hope so. Like they, they gotta be setting up blade. They gotta be sort of setting up 
the alternate universe Mobius. Like, you know, it's... Or Morbius. I keep saying, like, mix it up. We got a Morbius and a Mobius. Now. Morbius and Mobius. Mobius is teasing yeah. Morbius. Ugh, enough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, technically, this is not the first mention of vampires in the MCU. We, in Thor Ragnarok, Korg said that three-pronged wooden uh, weapon could kill three vampires standing close together, which at the time was such a great what we do in the shadows reference from Taika. But, um, yeah, vampires do exist somewhere in this universe. Now we're getting a second one from the TVA. Um, yeah, I mean, I think with the dark holes emergence in WandaVision, we're going to start seeing more and more of this stuff, supernatural stuff get layered into the MCU. Uh, because with witches and the dark hold, you also have things like uh, zombies, vampires, werewolves, etc. It's true. And like, it's been rumored that uh, we're going to get Dr. Voodoo in Dr. Strange mm-hmm. too. Hopefully, fingers crossed. I don't know if that's still the plan. Mm-hmm. But like, and Dr. Voodoo, of course, deals with, you know, the undead and, and, and dead creatures so like we're gonna get all that shit the undead vampires all that stuff it's gonna be great hopefully dr strange 2 is the is where we get vampires introduced because i feel like that's the most logical i mean i'm ready for some blade announcements because that marshala announcement at comic-con 2019 was like the big uh announcement at the end of it yes he just wears a blade hat and we have heard (laughs) nothing about it since then that's all we needed was the blade hat to tide us over (laughs) i mean i I'm still clinging to that. I love it. All right. A bit more to talk about. uh, But first, uh, one more person we want to thank for sponsoring this episode, Bespoke Post. So Mm. Bespoke Post's uh, new lineup of essential box of awesome collections for guys are guaranteed to upgrade your life no matter what you're into. Some of my favorite boxes from the past have great shirts that I wear all the time, cool kitchen equipment, some fun travel gear. Whether you're out taming the wilderness or taking your home bar to pro-level heights, Bespoke Post only sends guys the best stuff every month. Box of Awesome has collections for every part of your life. The new Explorer box comes with cool gear that you can use to go off in the wilderness, and Julep box comes with everything you need to make some fancy mint julep cocktails. So to get started, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right box of awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel anytime. Each box only costs 45 bucks, but has over $70 worth of gear inside. Get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code Marvel at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com code Marvel for 20% off your first box. So we were talking about this a bit earlier, MT, but wait a damn minute. Where did Mobius get pruned to? We know where Lokis get pruned. Where do these other, where does C20, where does Mobius, where would Renslayer get pruned to? That is a really interesting question. Well, me being of the church of Mobius's Loki as since episode one, I think that Mobius could actually be in this timeline where oh, all these okay. Lokis went and we just haven't seen cool. them yet. Um, he's just chilling there. He's like, why am I here? What is this? How did I get here? <laughs> wow. I mean, we're not getting Ow. the wow. He says everything but wow. <laughs> Ow. Ow. Wow. Every- a cow. <laughs> I feel like that was in his contract. He's like, listen, I'm not doing the wow thing, all right? If you want me in this show, no wow. Where art thou? <laughs> it is Loki every other. <laughs> be so hilarious if he went into like the, <laughs> that moment with Sif and Loki he's like how oh, where art thou Loki or something like that just like that'd be hilarious <laughs> so I like that idea I, I think you know he even said uh, what's gonna happen like oh where was I where did you get me from I, I bet I was right around on my jet ski I love how much he said the word jet ski and then he's like do I have a jet ski I wish I had a jet ski if I'm gonna get a big jet ski real fast fast jet ski right he's like if these are gonna be my last head. words I'm gonna say jet ski as much as possible <laughs> I hope that that he uh i hope he's on a jet ski somewhere that's what i hope that's why it 
that would make Renslayer's pruning of him a lit, little less cold-hearted. Mm-hmm. Um, because we saw uh, Sylvie prune some TVA agents uh, last episode, you know? And I hope that every time you do that, it's like the Matrix. You're freeing this person. You're unplugging them. Yeah. And I hope he just wakes up and then he's kind of grateful that he was pruned. Because he's either mid-jet ski or maybe he's a... <laughs> A jet ski salesman who can't afford a jet ski himself. Right. He's just like, he just wakes up Some on a tragic. jet ski, like in the middle of a jet ski store. He's like, oh my God, I fell asleep. <laughs> I was like. Well, you know, that's a good thing about a jet ski. <laughs> Most of the time you can fall asleep on a jet ski or just kind of tune out, doze out on a jet ski and you're fine. Even if you fall off, you have those keys that like are attached to your wrist. So if you fall off the jet ski, it immediately powers down the engine. You're fine. It's the you ultimate machine. Be- <laughs> I know. I, I'm saying, like, uh, I'm not saying get super drunk or high and go on a jet ski. That's illegal and yes, dangerous. Please be safe. But you could, and it's not as dangerous as doing that behind the wheel of a car. It's true. That's what makes jet skis so great, is you're just roaming around a big open body of water, and everyone can see and hear you. They'll get out of your way. Like, do you know how many people die from jet ski collisions? It's very little, I'm assuming. So. I have no idea what the numbers are on that. I don't, <laughs> Some jet ski sales uh, people come to so like, well, actually, <laughs> like, you know, actually, number one killer of people, jet skis. Really, yeah, so. we call them uh, <laughs> aquatic organ donors. Is what we call them, really, because if ski- you want a waterlogged kidney, go to a jet ski owner. <laughs> the jet skis are the vending machines of the sea, basically, because apparently much. vending machines are super deadly. <laughs> I don't know how, but it, they are. <laughs> Editor John reports that based on USCG report, 600 to 700 jet ski accidents are reported each year, resulting in around 40 deaths. So this tendency has been declining over the past decade. I wonder if that's um, deaths per jet ski or just because fewer people have jet skis, unfortunately. Um, but 40 so, deaths, not that bad of jet ski accidents a yeah, year. Yeah, I, I mean, say. obviously I terrible, it but like, it's, it's not that bad of a number. It could be high. It right, yeah. <laughs> way higher one uh, last question i want to ask you before before i jump over to the breakdown mt wait a damn minute will loki and sylvie create the multiverse of madness with love <laughs> is that what this show is i think they're pulling so, an interstellar it, they're pulling an interstellar there's like hey the love love. <laughs> love is the ultimate power in the cosmos honestly maybe because that, that that's what this episode seemed to have done because like as soon as they had their little moment on lamentus that temporal energy monitor went like straight to redline like right away because usually mm-hmm. it, it slowly goes mm-hmm. to redline but yeah. like it's just like nope the power of love we're going straight up um so yeah i i think that that could be a huge key to how all of this happens somehow i don't know how but like i think love or at least the love of their these two variants specifically because um, uh-huh. it's just very unlikely. It's just like, yeah, I think that could be a key to how all of this goes down. But what do you think? No, I think you're right. And I think it's the, um, specifically when Loki's, uh, when a Loki falls in love with a Loki. Mm-hmm. When a Loki <laughs> loves Loki! Um, sorry. <coughs> no, please. I don't know why I, that was beautiful. I loved it. <laughs> uh, we just lost a million subscribers. Back to two. Um, yeah, I think uh, the fear of the time variance authority is Loki's specifically. Mm. And I think when Loki's combine their strengths as opposed to warring against each other, that's the worst case scenario. Uh, Because I think the idea is that Loki's might have the potential to be a Nexus being. Mm. And if they can ever reach that true potential, that's the fear. So you keep them squabbling with each other in this like uh, ruins of New York playground you know the sandbox um mm-hmm. but if any two lookies are ever free and are able to kind of uh find that 
inner awakening with each other, uh, that's the worst pruning. So I don't think it creates like a um, a multiverse necessarily, mm -hmm. but it does present a threat, a great threat to whoever's running the TVA. And mm. I think that's what these branches represent now because I think everything they've told us about the TVA is bullshit. So we don't know if it's going to lead directly to a multiverse, but it is going to lead to a version of reality that uh, Kang or whoever's running this organization hates and mm. fears. I would imagine, knowing from what we know of Kang in the comics, he likes a multiverse, right? Mm. I don't think he wants to see... He has his own timeline that he's building, but ultimately he likes other branch timelines out there because those are other resources that he can use to uh, feed himself at the end of all time. Right. So maybe there are other branch timelines. There are other branch timelines and variants out there that the show has uh, kind of ignored, um, mm. but it's just kind of presenting this mono-timeline view of reality that... And, and putting up blinders to everything else. I, no, I like what you just said, because like I, when you talk, you say magical things there. Like, I hope you know that. I sometimes like, <laughs> wander into something. <laughs> no, I like what you said, because like that got me thinking, if Kang is this being that loves the multiverse and wants the multiverse to thrive, and we have Ravona Renslayer, who's like, you know, working on behalf of these fake timekeepers, what if Kang conquered in the past the timekeepers or the timekeepers like took him like took it from him took him hostage it's like hey renslayer mm. we got your boy you got to do what we say and like you know keep this lie up and you know we got we got kang over here so like maybe she's like oh. has a gun to her head by these whoever's running the timekeepers and she has to do this these shitty things to keep kang alive i don't know but yeah <laughs> i mean i think you're right that she does have a gun to her head she mm -hmm. said just do it just prune me like mm -hmm. she wanted it to end in that moment i think she wanted to be freed to wherever she came from to just not have to do this anymore mm -hmm. um i wonder if like it could have been the other way around maybe kang mm -hmm. conquered the tva and then replaced these things with puppets and then he's really pulling the strings of it now dang i hope <laughs> that i really hope that they're not in an abusive relationship please be okay i hope that kang's not like being like ravona like, do all this evil shit because, I don't know. Anyway, you can cut that I out. I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, that is kind of what, I mean, Thanos has abusive relationships with all of his children, right? Mm, so this is true. It's, it's, uh, we've seen it before in the MCU. Um, well, there you have it. Uh, so that is it for this episode of Inside Marvel. So again, the breakdown of the episode four is going to be on the channel tomorrow. Keep an eye out for that. Uh, don't forget to check out our many great Loki merch options at NewRockStarsMerch.com. Follow MT at Mastertainment. Follow me at EA Voss. Follow New Rockstars. Subscribe to Inside Marvel wherever you get your podcasts. And, uh, thank you for watching. And we'll close with our favorite moment of the episode. We can talk. Oh, yeah? Oh, my God.